you please stand? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this couple. We thank you for these two families and the extended families and friends that we have here today. We thank you for our blessings. We thank you for all that you do for us and what you mean to us. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to uh, share in this ceremony and this marriage, this new family. We thank you for it. We ask you just bless them and that you would speak to us all today and, and that you would go with us today. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Who giveth Alexis Colleen Gooder to be married to Joshua Thomas Furs? Joshua, the scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 says to the husbands, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought what men to love their wives. And Lexi, these scriptures also say to the wife, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. And to you both, these scriptures say, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. God has so united matrimony with human life that man's deepest interest revolves around it. When a man or, and a woman have chosen each other and come together uh, for this moment, then when they sincerely and publicly join in this covenant for life, they place themselves on the altar as a holy sacrifice to God and to each other. Thus they follow God's order and in his ways find true happiness. The union into which you two are now about to enter, dear children, is the closest and tenderest into which human beings can come. It is a union founded upon mutual experience and affection. And as born again believers, in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a union in the Lord. Marriage is God's institution intended for the happiness and welfare of mankind. In 1 Corinthians 13, the word of God describes charity or love in this way. Charity, love, suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity or love never faileth. 
A union embodying such ideals is not to be entered into lightly or unadvisedly, but rather reverently, discreetly, soberly, and in the fear of God. Into such a union you come now to be joined. On a personal note, it's kind of tough, and I saw Jason struggling a minute ago. It's kind of tough to have to be dad and minister at the same time. Uh, but I just want to share some things about these two, and especially, of course, Joshua. Uh, known him longer than Lexi. Uh, but Joshua wrote out, in fact, they both wrote out a little testimony. And he, when he was five years old, he understood the Bible and what it said concerning sin and the penalty that is applied uh, for all of us as sinners. And he sought out his mother, and uh, one afternoon in May, he listened to what she had to say, of course, understanding a lot of it, having grown up in church and Sunday school and the pastor's home. But that day at age five, he received Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Later on, he began to feel the call of preaching that God would have him to be a preacher. And, of course, he kind of shirked from it, uh, but then a surrender to it. He said, as I was serving in our local church and praying for God's direction, marriage seemed like it would be the long ways away. But then in just a few years ago, in 2021, a family started to attend church here. They had a daughter that was in college in Wyoming, but she came home uh, during Christmas and uh, had gotten saved and went back to college, but then later on stayed for the summer and they got to know each other. I began to notice these two when uh, we went to the Rosebud for a missions trip. And that was uh, just a couple summers ago. And I just happened to notice that they seemed to hit it off and talk. And, and I thought, boy, I don't know. You know, um, I know Josh better than she does. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I know many of you have heard me talk about this before, but when Joshua was a year old, he had a stroke. And... Uh, he, at age one, March 10 is his birthday, and at age one, he was running. He wasn't just walking. He was already running. He was very coordinated. And uh, on March 17th, a week after his birthday, he had a stroke. And uh, he lost everything on the left side of his body. I'll never forget that night. And he went from running to be, not even be able to walk and had to crawl with one arm and one leg. And that was quite traumatic. We rushed to the hospital. We were living on the Wyoming line and between here and Newcastle. We rushed to Newcastle. Uh, they strapped him to a board and said, we're going to have to put him in an ambulance to take him to Rapid City. And the doctor said, I think he's had a stroke. And I thought the doctor must be goofy because he's one. And, uh, and so he rode crying and screaming, strapped to a board all the way to Rapid. And uh, they verified. I remember that night, of course, he had just learned to clap his hands. We had been clapping for his birthday, and uh, we were sitting in the waiting room waiting, and uh, he, they finally unstrapped him to the board and, and waited uh, for the results of some tests. And I said, Joshua, Joshua, that's clap, that's clap. And he lifted up one hand, he looked at the other hand, and he patted that other hand. Now, I'm pretty sure that God wasn't mad at him. I don't think, even though I know he was my son, and especially his mother's son, I know he's a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but I was pretty sure that he hadn't done something worth this. So I just thought, what is God doing, you know? And um, several months later, I remember coming home and Joshua was able to get on two feet and stagger towards me. And that was the first time he had walked since that incident. And I was so thankful that the legs were working again and pretty soon the arms started working again. And it was never quite right. He's got a half smile. <laughs> he has a crooked walk. <laughs> Only half of his brain works. And he's extremely uncoordinated and, and never really athletic or great at sports and just kind of goofy, man. <laughs> I remember when he started to learn to talk, he just could not say the, the, the F sound. He couldn't say, he couldn't say food. Uh, and so he would eat his pood with a pork. <laughs> we gave him, somebody gave him this little book, Little Rabbit Foo-Foo. That's not what he called it. <laughs> he was just odd. At a year and a half, six months after the stroke, he got bit by a black widow spider. And they say that that's the most painful bite that you can have. I don't know, but I read that somewhere. And all I know is, is that he was in a lot of pain and he chewed out the inside of his cheeks so, because of the pain that they swelled. Some people in here remember that. And he looked like a chipmunk. And that was actually more traumatic of an ordeal for us just because he was in so much pain. And again, at, at an age, year and a half, I'm thinking, I wonder what God is doing. I wonder why that's happened. And um, I thought, well, he lived through it. And uh, he could have died. And God's doing something. I don't know what. All I can tell you is, even to this day, he's, he's a tough guy. He, he, he has the ability to handle things personally. So in spite of the crooked smile and the inability to enunciate all the time or to think with both sides of the brain all the time, and a crooked nose... Now, I have to tell you, the crooked nose had nothing to do with that. It's his, his best man gave him that about 15 years ago with a golf club. But in spite of all that, there's still a God, and, and, he, and he has a plan. So, so I, I saw these two started to know each other, and I thought, seriously, Lexi? But, but I realized the Lord was doing something, and it was a blessing to me. Um, I have seen uh, the Lord answer prayers for Joshua, and uh, he has frustrated us greatly, but he has impressed us greatly, and it has been a blessing to see the Lord answer prayers and do some amazing things uh, for him, and, and even right now doing things for them. As, and it just became clear and clear that God has a plan. And, uh, and so I praise the Lord for that. 
Um, for Lexi, uh, she was uh, with us just a few years ago and came home on Christmas break, and she was sitting during a January meeting with some special uh, preaching that we were having from a preacher that was from out of town, and she was just home visiting her parents who were here, and she was just on break and from college, and she sat there in that Sunday service on January 16th, and she said to herself, I know in my head, I know the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is that we are all sinners. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Her grandmother had told her that and taught her that when she was just a girl, and she she had even prayed a prayer with her grandmother concerning that. But, But like so many people, including maybe somebody in this room right now, there's so much information that we know, but information does not make us a Christian. I mean, I think Lexi knew the story of Jesus, the story of the Bible, but you know, the truth is the devil knows all that information too. The devil knows that Jesus is real and that Jesus is God's son and that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. The devil knows all that. The devil's more aware of that than we are. And yet the devil's not a Christian. So it's not just the information in your head. And I'm afraid a lot of us, we get satisfied with a child or or an adult regurgitating information and assuming that because they know something, therefore they are a believer. But there's a difference between, and my father's here, and he used to say it this way, there's a difference between your head and your heart. And that day, a few years ago, Lexi said, you know what? I know this in my head, but I'm not saved. She said, although I knew about God, I was not fully trusting him for salvation. All have sinned, the Bible says. And Christ died for us, the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I believe it was Sharita Bruner that took Lexi aside. And I think Sharita's watching us right now from Puerto Rico. Took her aside and went through all the things she was already familiar with. But this time, not just with a head knowledge, not just with information in her brain, but with a heart belief, she trusted Christ. And instead of just adding Jesus to her life, he is the foundation of her life. There's a difference between having Jesus as a part of your home and having him as the foundation of your home, of your life. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, and believe with thine heart. And so, belief with the heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God raised him from the dead after he died on the cross three days later, and that we can pray and trust him and him alone for salvation, truly trust him. And the Lord Jesus Christ saved Lexi that day, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, and that includes anyone in here right now, Acts 8.37 is missing from a lot of Bibles. But Acts 8.37 says, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. The question was asked in verse 36, you want to get baptized? Baptism does not take us to heaven. No action that we do or work that we can do is going to save us. But it is a belief with all your heart. And so that day she trusted Christ as her Savior. That was, that was a 
wonderful day for her, for the Gooders. I remember we had dinner together afterwards, and but I had no clue that that would result in what we're doing today. No clue. I, I, it was the furthest thing from my mind, and I don't think Joshua thought about it either. But God knew. And um, I think some young people sometimes go to college to find an MR or an MRS degree. But just being in your little local church in your little town and doing what God has you to do and where you're supposed to be, and look what God did. Amen. And so since the time of her salvation, She's begun to just change and grow and become a different person. And uh, if you'd asked her before, she'd have said, yeah, I'm a Christian. But now it was starting to change, and we started to see changes. I remember I said, hey, you're going back down to Cheyenne, and I happen to know a church that's just down the road from where your college is, and so let me give the name of that. And so I got her phone number. And so, and then what was amazing was she said, hey, I found the church. She texted me, wow. And uh, at her, her, her age, you know, I, I didn't know if, if she'd be thinking that's not cool to talk to a pastor all the time. But she texted me a few weeks later and she said, I brought my roommate to church and she got saved today. Amen. I thought, wow, something's happening to this girl. But again, I just thought, well, she's in Cheyenne and she'll meet somebody. Well, then she came home for that summer and, and, and she fell in love with the doofus. <laughs> wow, how did, how did that happen? Wow, God, you're amazing. Amen. He's used to it. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> I told you he's tough. And God's been so good. It's been a blessing. It's been a good example to our church family and to other families and just a good, a good a testimony. They stand here before you today and they're about to kiss. They're, they're about to do something for the first time ever. You say, that's corny, that's old-fashioned. I don't think they're going to regret it 10 years from now. Amen. Amen. And uh, so I just want to say how much I appreciate these two. Last fall, we had the opportunity to ordain Joshua into ministry. He still works a job here in town, and he will continue to do so, but he also is going to start to do some traveling and be a minister to other churches as well. And that's a blessing. And that's neat to see. And I don't think that would happened if he'd have been super talented and super athletic and super everything. I think it required God to say, I need to knock you back a little bit and keep you humble. And allowed you to stumble and say poot instead of food and, and be awkward. And, and it, trust me, you, you've heard of dad jokes. There's Josh jokes. <laughs> but she laughs at them. It's amazing. And God uses it. And God gets the glory for it. See. That's the point. Well, now, Josh, before God and in the presence of these witnesses, do you, Joshua Thomas first, take Alexis Colleen Gooder to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you vow to love and comfort her, honor and keep her, and enjoy and sorrow, preserve with her this marriage bond, holy and unbroken, until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, or until death do you part? And do you, Lexi, before God and in the presence of these witnesses, do you, Alexis Colleen Gooder, take Joshua Thomas Furs to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you vow to love and to comfort him and honor and keep him and enjoy in sorrow, preserve with him this marriage bond, holy and unbroken, until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ or until death do you part? May I have the rings?
As tokens of this covenant, you will now give and receive these marriage rings. The unbroken circle, it's an emblem of a covenant, and the gold is the emblem of that which is least tarnished and most enduring. And they're to show how lasting and imperishable is your faith now mutually pledged by the giving and receiving of these rings. With these emblems of purity and endless devotion, you do each the other wed. And these marriage vows you do here and now forever seal. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you once again, and we thank you for what you are doing, what you have done, how you plan, and your plan's so perfect, and you've been you've been got it, having it all planned out, and you've had it all laid out for us from the beginning of time. Thank you for getting the attention of these young two so that they would listen and follow your plan. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to rejoice and to celebrate what you're doing and will do. We ask that you would bless this couple, that you would reward them with children, that you would teach them how to raise those children and that you would help them to be a godly uh, example and family in our midst and in our community and around the world. That you would help Joshua as he ministers and Lexi as she ministers with him. That you will just help them to uh, be guided and, and encouraged along the way. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your blessings. We thank you for these families and we thank you for this new family. Help us, Lord, to honor you in all this and for them as they go their way that you will guide and direct them and may you always be the leader in their life. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Many, many years ago, God wrote the first love story when he made a perfect woman for a perfect man. And ever since that day, he's been working in his wondrous way to write new love stories like Noah. Can. He has looked upon your lives and blessed you with each other. He has known from the beginning where the two of you belong. He has made a good and perfect gift, a gift that's from above. For there are few gifts more precious than the gift of one true love. We will lift our hearts in praise to him, to him upon the throne, all the glory for this love story belongs to him has given you a pattern from the depths of his own heart for a perfect love that only two in him can share. For his love is ever true and his mercies every day are new. 
The riches of his grace are far beyond compare. He will guide you every day, make you one with each other. He will make your love story to be a beautiful love song. He has made a good and perfect gift, a gift that's from above. For there are few gifts more precious than the gift of one true love. We will lift our hearts in praise to him, to him upon the throne, all the glory for this love story belongs to him alone. Inasmuch as you, Joshua, and you, Lexi, have thus consented in holy wedlock and have witnessed the same before God and these friends, by virtue of the authority that is vested in me as a minister of the word of God, and by the laws of this state, I do now pronounce you husband and wife, united in the pure and holy bonds of wedlock, and those whom God hath joined together. And let me just repeat that, because they're not supposed to just be words. And those whom God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. I can't think of anything else I'm supposed to say at this time. <laughs> oh, wait, there it is right there. Joshua, you may now kiss your bride. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you Mr. and Mrs. Joshua Furs.
I've been teasing those last two all day yesterday and today. They go to church and Sunday school together. Who knows? Well, anyway. Uh, uh, the immediate family will be staying here for some more photos, but they would like all of you to make your way down to the old log building behind the post office. That's the old YMCA log building downtown, and that's where the reception will be. But uh, what we want to do is just dismiss you row by row. And what we'll do then is I've got these two handsome men. You can stand up, guys. By the way, these two men are single. They wanted me to tell you that. <laughs> and uh, what I'd like you to do is just, if you're sitting in the brown seats, just, just e exit uh, out the center here. And if you're in the green chairs, just exit out the side aisles. And we'll just do row by row if we could. And the front row will stay seated there, right here in the front here. They're a family. But the rest of you, if you can make way out, you can visit with the bride and the groom for a little bit. And then please make your way down to where the cake and the refreshments are. And you can see this, the... Uh, Faces getting smashed with cake, things like that. So thank you. <laughs> 